on this episode of PLNPJ's Arsenal aiming for fourth. And Marsh marching in March. to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being jammies, not necessarily the custom ones that I ordered because you're not wearing that. Well, we did decide privately that maybe just one of us has to be wearing it per sure. episode. Okay, okay. And I have to say, I'm very cozy right now. Not that those other pajamas aren't also cozy. They are very soft, but I love these Eddie Bauer pants I got, and they are just a delight to wear so a delight to the senses a delight to the senses <laughs> and to the legs and to the cozies uh on that note brent i am wearing my outdoor voices sweats with that which i forgot about uh because i have gotten so many new pairs of sweatpants that you know they just fell to the bottom of my drawer but okay. i came back from a trip this weekend and i had nothing clean except for them and boy do i miss these they are cozy and uh speaking of that trip a big shout out to my brother, who is our number one listener. Yeah, every week. Um, he got engaged. Uh, Congrats, Court. Is Woo. now fiance cat. Um, so I was down in Austin to celebrate, and it was an, uh, an awesome experience. And yeah. now, now he is engaged to a cat. He's, yeah, he's got a I don't know a the, feline, feline fixation. <laughs> uh, the alliteration. Yeah, right no, there. that's what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, to answer your question, yes, yes, and uh, okay. we can talk about him a little later in the episode because uh, we have a Tottenham versus Everton um, preview. Well, spoilers, ha. Jake. Before we can get to that, we have to jump into our first topic, where we are focusing on the Gunners, or perhaps you call them the Gooners, at Arsenal. I do. Who are currently poised for a fourth place finish in the Premier League? possibly grabbing that last Champions League spot. They are two points off of fourth place Manchester United with three games in hand. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously after three games at the start of the season, you didn't really see Arsenal in this position. But, you know, that's why they play all the games, and it's a long season. And uh, they look good. They look like a team that can hold their own against any of the top opponents and kind of take care of business. Uh, against the lower ones, which is what you need to do. Sure. And what Manchester United and Tottenham and even West Ham have been failing to do. Sure. So if they keep that going, I think they have a really good shot at uh, getting that fourth spot, as much as it pains me to say it. Yeah. No, it looked... The, what is it? St. Tottenham's Day? Is that St. Tottenham's Day yeah. hasn't happened in five seasons? It, it might happen this season, though. And I will say, yeah, it is astounding that we're even talking about this, considering how the season started. And I'd say... It's not so much a testament to Arsenal as much as it's a testament to how bad the rest of the competitors for that top four finish have been between, you know, whether it be West Ham falling off, Manchester United inconsistent, Tottenham, who looked revitalized one week and then looked like a team in shambles the next. 
But back to being revitalized, and we got our shambles out of the way in the FA oh, Cup, so okay. it's not going to affect our Premier League finish. Okay, yeah. And uh, hopefully back to winning ways against Everton. You keep telling yourself that, and in the interim, Arsenal looks like they're just going to keep sneaking up the table. Not that they are not susceptible to the occasional stumble. Sure. Uh, that that does happen, as frankly it happens to, it seems like, every team that's not Man City or Liverpool. Um, and, and frankly, I think there's not really enough emphasis being put on the fact that if Chelsea keep trending in the way that they are, there's a chance they could fall into the fourth position by the end of the season. They are not in good form. They're in terrible, horrid form. And I want to say that Arsenal, with their games in hand, are within striking distance. Yes. So uh, we're looking ahead at their next Mm -hmm. five games, Brent. Watford away, Leicester at home, Liverpool at home, Aston Villa away. And Crystal Palace away. It seems an easy run for them, other than that Liverpool, Liverpool game. obviously. Just, I mean, I understand Aston Villa away could be tough. Crystal Palace, you never know how they're going to perform. Leicester are kind of a roller coaster team. But as far as your next five could go, sure, those seem like the kind of matches that you lick your chops at and are looking to take at least nine points, if not ten, or maybe even if they could get a draw against Liverpool at home. Uh, Eleven points? I would say 10 is the max from that window okay. right there. Um, that's just me being real, realistic. Sure. And, and maybe a little pessimistic as a Spurs fan. Sure. And kind of looking at Arsenal's tendencies to maybe right. have a dip in form, uh, maybe near the end of the season. But as it stands right now, they're looking good. And Arteta is on the verge of bringing meaningful European nights right. back to the Emirates. And that's an important caveat, yeah. right? Because... They have been in Europe recently. They're certainly not aiming for a Conference League place. They don't want to be in the Europa League. They want to be a Champions League side with the history that they have. And it is, at least personally, I think it's nice to see Arteta kind of turning the team around. Um, I I know that there are some big question marks over his name at the start of the season. We I think we might have even talked about whether or not he was going to get the sack uh, pretty early on. Definitely might have come up, yeah. but I'm pretty impressed with Arsenal's, I wouldn't say supporters because they are, you know, have a tendency to say Arteta out, but the board Bordeaux, and, you know, Jacques off the field, sure, all that stuff. Captain. But uh, with the higher ups, with keeping Arteta through the rough patch, yeah. I think the carousel had to stop somewhere. And I think an ex player and someone who was under Pep Guardiola for a good amount of time. I think it was the right choice to stay with him. And obviously it was because they are pushing for that fourth place. And I don't think they would be there if they had sacked him earlier in the year. No, I agree. And it's nice to see that his faith in youth from the start of the season, even continuing to last season, seems to finally be paying off. The players, the younger players specifically, barring a Martinelli obscure red card. That was crazy. <laughs> they seem to be pulling through for him and kind of repaying that trust. Sokka has been great this season. Smith Rowe has been fantastic. Odegaard has been great. Uh, you know, he definitely has some young talent that hopefully means for them that they can continue to be a threat in the Premier League. In, in fact, an increasing threat each year if they can hold on to their players. Yeah, Brent, that uh, young squad, and you pair that with kind of not deep pockets that Arsenal have, but the willingness to spend. Uh, if they if they get an established striker and finisher yep. to pair with their, their great uh, playmakers that are young and there to stay, mm-hmm. I think they can be very dangerous in the next 
three to four seasons. Yeah, and that's because Matt Turner will be in goal for them, right? That's who I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he's going to go from backup to just, you know, surpassing Ramsdale. But, Jake, speaking of an American coming to the Premier League, hmm. as of the past 48 hours, some major developments have happened, and there's another American coming to the Premier League, but maybe not in the way you'd think. Jesse Marsh, former Red Bull... Salzburg, Salzburg and Leipzig. I, say, I couldn't remember which yeah. one it was, but it was both. And New York. There you go. The trifecta. Yeah. Um, the Holy Trinity. You know. <laughs> Is that what the Holy <laughs> Trinity of Red Bull? Um, he's replacing Bielsa at Leeds mm-hmm. after a terrible run of form. A terrible month, I should say, yeah. uh, for Leeds. And it's kind of sad because when I think of Leeds... All I've ever known is Bielsa and that sure. play style. Yeah. Obviously, they have a rich history. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, we weren't watching the Premier League in like the 80s and <clears throat> exactly. 90s. So, obviously, that's not what everyone associates with them. But for uh, more recent Premier League fans, especially those who haven't watched since they... Or have, from America. <laughs> sure. Since they uh, dropped down how many years ago. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird to see someone else at the helm. But, Brent, how do you think the American is going to fare in the Premier League? Is it going to be a, another... Bob Bradley, as my brother asked. Well, I certainly hope he at least makes it to one transfer window, or at least to the end of the season. Bob sure. Bradley was in and out before, tra- like he was brought in mid-season and did not make it to the January transfer window in what was possibly the most shocking form of distrust I've ever seen from a club, and at any level, right. you know, but specifically at the Premier League, where the fans were ridiculing him because he said PK instead of penalty, and he called it the Premier <laughs> League rather than the Premier League. And I've already seen those things happening to Jesse Marsh, uh, people comparing him to Ted Lasso, you know, which I, I think is a little disrespectful considering the teams that he's coached. He was very unfortunate with the Leipzig side that he took over, and that they've just lost Upa Meccano. They lost not only, you know, some great players, but Julian Nagelsmann. They lost a great center midfielder who was also their captain and Marcel Sabitzer. And so Jesse Marsh came into a team and was trying to implement a style from basically transitioning from a possession-based team to a counter-pressing-based team, very right. much in the same form as Marcelo Bielsa. Um, so I think it'll be a good fit with Leeds, but I think he was unlucky with Leipzig. Right, it's funny that you mentioned those injuries and the people that they lost um, when he was at Leipzig because right now Leeds are still missing Patrick Bamford and currently Calvin Phillips is also out with injury so he's not coming into an easy situation as it is Um, Leeds coming off of a run of games that saw them concede the most goals in a single month 20 in a 28 day month 28 day month which you know is impressive honestly (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's, that's a way Not in a it. good way. Right. Uh, so he's got a lot of work to do. Um, and they're changing their whole system, probably, because Bielsa, I mean, he has a, yeah. a style of play that's somewhat unique. And so it'd be interesting to see if they keep that or if he goes with something different and the Spurs, the Leeds training looks a lot different going forward. I think the one thing that's playing into Jesse Marsh's hands in a good way is that Bielsa, while he had the man-marking style very much ingrained in that style, he never changed from it. High-intensity, high-pressing. Jesse Marsh's teams, if you look at them in the past, are very pressing-oriented and energy-oriented, team-pressing style. So 
I think really the only transition that is to be made for this season is he'll probably transition away from the four one four one that Bielsa played. He, I imagine, will go to a two-striker system like he likes that you've mm-hmm. seen him play with, uh, you know, his best form at Salzburg. He got away from it at Leipzig, but, you know, his best form at Salzburg was with a two-striker system, which I think will benefit a player like Rodrigo, who won't have as much yeah. defensive duties and most likely will be playing in the forward positions. And I think, again, the, the main transition that they're going to be making is just going from a man-marking pressing style to a team-pressing zonal marking style. And that may take some time to implement, but at least the team already has the passion and energy and drive. It's not like he has to get them into shape for a pressing system. You know, you've sure. seen that be an issue with Ranić at Manchester United where the players don't have the stamina to do the pressing system for a full 90. I think that Leeds do have that. And so it's just more minor adjustments to the system for now. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's a good way to look at it, and I think maybe if he approaches it in that sort of way that he could find success. I think there's a lot of talent on that team and that they've just been, not unlucky, but um, just in a poor run of form uh, for, you know, there's multiple reasons behind it. But I, I think being an optimist um, and an American... Are you a fan of the Bratwurst? <laughs> aren't we the Aren't optimist? we the optimist? Anyway. Um... I think he's going to have a good end of the season with Leeds. I think they're going to stay away from the relegation discussions. And I think he's going to maybe get some backing in the summer. You know, fingers crossed, obviously. Yeah. A lot to do before then. Um, But, you know, I'd love to see him succeed. I'm sure every American would. And, you know, he's he's, he's got the team. And coming up, they've got Leicester away, Villa at home, Norwich home. Wolves away and Southampton home. It's not a terrible next five games. It's sure. something he can definitely get points from. Uh, eerily similar to, I believe it was Lampard who got let go, and then Tuchel came in, and they had a yeah. really easy run of forms coming up. So I, I think starting him off with these next five games is a good kind of preview of what's to come and maybe ease him into than maybe tougher matchups at the end of the season. Well, I think, and the nice thing is, is that, yes, I, I, from what I've seen, the fans are all still very attached to Bielsa, and Marsh has acknowledged that in his interview, sure. saying, like, I understand he's a legend, you know, I'm not trying to be him, I'm, you know, trying to build on what he had created here, which I think is important, but touching on that, the point being that even if Bielsa was at the helm, I don't think they beat Leicester away. I don't know that they beat Aston Villa they hopefully beat Norwich, they put up a good fight against Wolves, and then who knows with Southampton and the way they've kind of had right. a resurgence in recent weeks. But the nice thing is they can, quote, underperform over the next two specifically, that Leicester sure. and Villa game, and things haven't really changed that much. He might be under more scrutiny because he's an American and Ted Lasso and whatnot, but I, I think the nice thing is if he can get two points out of the next two games, just two draws you're already kind of studying the ship, and then you have an opportunity to capitalize. Even if you only get one point from the next two games, you obviously hope for better. But it's not like with the form the team was in, they would have done that much better anyway. Right, Brent. The number I was going to throw out was four points from the next three. So Leicester, Villa, and Norwich win yeah. one, draw one, lose one yeah. would be a, a favorable outcome for a Leeds team that is kind of similarly to... Everton dropping yep. at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting close to the, the bottom three. Um, and then you get Wolves in Southampton and 
to round out the next five. And those are both wild card teams, I, I think. And you get, you know, a different team each week. And I think he could get two wins from that or two losses from that. So um, it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, four points from the next three games. And I think he's going to be in good standing with everyone. But Jake, I, I want your opinion right now. Do you think Jesse Marsh can keep leads up? Brent, my first instinct is yes, not just as an American, but as an optimist and someone who likes his tactics. I think he has the tools, and I think they stay up. All right, you heard it here first. Leeds are staying up in the Premier League this season. Jake, with that out of the way, we can get into our favorite segment each week, the money, the money-making section, the, the, the place where farm we making. build our farms, our capital specifically in farms. Jake, why don't you start us off with the ones that maybe are kind of like Casper the Friendly Ghost, a bit of a surprise. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brent, we have Tottenham versus Everton. Three of the last five games yep. or matchups have been a draw. We're taking those odds at three plus 310 because we believe 1-1, one, one, zero, zero, two, sure. two. Uh, is the most likely outcome and plus 310 surprisingly good odds um spurs like minus 167 in this game sure also surprising also surprisingly but not in the correct way for us right (laughs) um so we're looking for you know a stalemate um the tottenham the hastings bowl the tottenham versus everton game so i like it i like it jake i'm gonna move right along to our game pick of the week where we have Manchester City, Man United, under two and a half goals, specifically because in four of the last five, the results of this match have been 2-0, and 2-0. For those of you at home that aren't good at math, those are all under two and a half goals. They certainly are. And with that bet, Jake, it's plus 132. And what I will say is while Man City can be free scoring and they are a great side. Sure. United have been more stout defensively in recent weeks since Ranyet came in, so I could see them only conceding one or two. Maybe they score one, but at this rate, I kind of doubt it. But even still, could see it being a 1-1 or a 1-0 for either side, uh, you know, just depending on how the, how the cookie crumbles on the day. Yeah, Brent, uh, United's 0-0 draw against Watford didn't, you know, scream goals obviously and goals to come but they did have a ton of chances and a ton of good ones that they just couldn't put away sure i'm I'm not you know knocking united um but knock knock they obviously uh blew a chance to get the vital three points for the right top four race but i think like we mentioned the history with city it's always kind of a, a stalemate as well um and one zero two zero i think most likely yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you, Jake. But Brent, moving on to our player pick of the week. I love this one. I really do. At plus 550 odds, we have the man, the myth, the legend. The recovery from a cardiac arrest man. Christian Eriksen to assist versus Norwich. I think it's with Ivan Tony back. I think that's a really good bet. Yeah, I think Tony back makes a difference. I was thinking, as you pointed out before the podcast, he also will be on corner kick duty. Right. And presumably both long and short free kick duty. And for, a, you know, you usually see with newly promoted sides, 
set pieces are massive in their bid to stay oh, yeah. up. And so with this being such a big game for both of these teams, Norwich and Brentford, I could see there being goals in this game. Um, maybe not necessarily the beautiful team play 30 pass leads to a shot from inside the six yard box kind sure. of goal, but scrappy goals, you know, real championship style battle. I could see Erickson definitely picking up an assist and who wouldn't love it for the story. Exactly, Brent. And with both teams kind of going for it, trying to get those points, I could see Norwich pressing hard and then Brentford hitting on a counterattack and it's just one through ball from Erickson to a streaking Tony or Mbuemo or anyone, I guess. Yeah, Wisa, sure. Sergi Canos, although I think he might be out injured still. But anyway. Regardless, um, we think it's a good bet, plus 550. I think it's a good value. I, I think so, certainly, because it seems not necessarily probable. Like, who knows? Assists are kind of hard to judge sometimes, but at plus 550 for a just recently world-class player, Sure, I, I think it's good value. Brent, you know what's some great value? Tell me. Lay it on me. Lay it on you. Our oh. parlay. And Lay's Potato Chips, and Lay's who potato don't chips. sponsor us. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Leeds, Leicester, over two and a half goals. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Right there. Parlayed with Arsenal and Watford over two and a half goals. Wow. Crazy. We see goals coming this weekend. Yeah, I think it was it last week where the second slate of games on Saturday, it was like 0-0 in every single game yes. at halftime except for one. Yep. Um, which is Burnley. Burnley scored two. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, law of averages, I like to say, it's going to even out. Lots of goals this Lots weekend. Lots of goals this weekend. So uh, get your checkbook out. Oh. You know, Wait, what happened to take, farms? Take out a second mortgage on your farm. Oh, there you go. Because, <laughs> Jake, we haven't even said the odds yet. The odds at plus 216, more than double your farm. It's going to be a massive farm. Wow. Yeah, no. Not wait. And in fact, Jake, I might purchase a second farm. Oh my gosh. I might reinvest a second farm into my Barstool account. Okay. Just so that I can make this parlay. Brent and I have taken a break from betting We've farms. We've lost a lot of money recently. Um, not not not, not from soccer. Exactly. It's the, all the other bets we make. We're we're silly. We should stick to what we know best. Yeah, which that is high school musical taught, taught me that. Stick to the status quo. Yeah. That for us being whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> betting Premier League. Yeah. So we're gonna go back to our roots. Wait, but what about my huge NFL, NBA, NHL parlays I was making? They always work, bro. They always. They work. worked like a few times. They actually. worked a few yeah. times. I was pretty good at them. Surprisingly, I wasn't. <laughs> surprising that you lost all your money after making that. Well, it didn't help that I decided to put all the rest of my money on TCU to beat Texas. That was the, that, that was the nail. Was silly. For me. You yeah. could just bet. It the was line. plus four hundred. Could just bet the line. Yeah, it hit exactly though. Oh, uh, it pushed. Yeah. Well, you would have had. I would have still had money, but. Uh, but Brent, we're getting a little off topic yeah. here. <laughs> well, well, you say that. Okay. But. This was the last thing on our. Okay. Sure, I guess uh, giggles is the next bullet point. Right. And we were having some giggles. Nothing so. makes me laugh more than lo- than losing, losing money. money. You know, <laughs> we hate. Money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I guess, Brent, you're right. I'm going to finish my No, I'd, I'd prefer if you to finish your whiskey because my whiskey's gone. My beer's gone. Your beer's gone. Your whiskey's officially gone. Mm-hmm. We've gone through our topics. We've gone through our bets. We've covered our cozy pajamas. Jake, I, I don't know if there's anything left. Except from the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And that dress code is jammies. And if you don't have custom ones, it's okay. Because not all of us wear them every single week. But we will shame you. But we'll see you next time.